What do you do when you realize that you're a woman trapped in a man's body? What do you do when you realize the man you married is a woman? In this series, we reflect on our past to discuss how we got here and explore where we can go from this point moving forward. Hi, welcome to The Rage. My name is Callista Termini. And I'm Jennifer Termini. And today, we're going to be talking about sex. It's just sex. Just sex? No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> I'm all like, blah, blah, blah. Um, All right, so did you have a question? Yes, or, okay. okay. So I actually asked to bring this topic up because uh, Callista and I were having a conversation one day about the sensation of sex and how that differs being a female from being a male. Mm. And Callista's in the very unique situation where she has experienced both. So, um, and she had a lot of interesting things to say about it and um, why not, I'm gonna let you, you tell it. Sure, well, so let me first start by saying that uh, I do experience both, but I'm still in my transition so i'm not fully one way versus the other yet right okay well maybe i should then preface it a little bit more sure okay so um as a woman when we feel sensation well for me and most of my girlfriends that i talk to we feel it all over we well we need to be mentally stimulated we need to have a build-up we need to be relaxed we need there to be no screaming kids in the other room or a cat sitting on the foot of the bed like we sort of need ideal conditions but when we do have those and we're able to really relax, we feel the sensation from head to toe. And it is an all-encompassing, amazing sensation. So Callista said, oh, well, as, as a man, you know, it was just here. And it wasn't everywhere. But yes. then you started to take hormones and you started to feel things differently. So tell us about that. Yeah, so definitely. Um, and again, this is just my experience, but um, previous to hormones, uh, in terms of how I would feel uh, when having an orgasm, it was definitely a localized. You really, I mean, you, you feel it all over, but it's really more like, I mean, it's a, it's a mind-body sensation. Well, you don't have to have ideal conditions either. It's like a guy's like, okay, I'm no. ready. Let's, we're in the field. It doesn't matter. The neighbor's watching. Who cares? You know, let's just get it done. Well, and a lot of guys actually like that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> But the thing is, is that it's definitely very penis centric. Mm -hmm. I would put it that way. Okay. Um, and so now being on hormones for over two years, the uh, sensations that I feel, my level of sexual interest has dramatically changed. Well, you also want to be stimulated up here too, right? Well, it's my, it, I mean, that's the thing. It's really interesting because I had a date last night and there's a lot of guys that want to go out but they're just looking to hook up and i won't hook up with anybody just to have sex because you're not, not driven by testosterone anymore i'm not driven by testosterone but it's also not interesting to me if i'm not physically mentally stimulated i need a connection is what it comes down to yeah so if i don't have that connection with someone i'm not going to have sex with them it's right. just that simple it needs to it needs to mean something to me yeah. in order for me to enjoy so, it and now i just had a flashback of when we were married uh -huh. and you would say to me you know i totally get it why you know i mean like for guys sex is sex like you women 
you know, you, you have to have all this extra stuff. Like you were playing the male role back then. Like really, you were deep in it. Mm-hmm. And, and you would say to me, and I'd get really upset because it was sort of like, it felt like you were paving the path towards an affair, but you weren't. I didn't think you were actually going to have an affair. But do you remember saying like, you know what, for men, you know, being with other people is not a big deal. It's not an emotional connection. It's literally just a physical connection. And I would get so heated about that. I'd be like, I don't even want to talk about this. Like, don't even go there, you know, because I just thought, what are you trying to do? You know, but you were trying to make the point. I was, yeah, I was trying to make the point that I was making that distinction like for, and they say this, like when people cheat with women, it's because they're not having their uh, emotional needs met. Exactly. Whereas men cheat because they can. Mm. And that's how it was described to me. Now, obviously, that doesn't describe every man. I mean, woman can too. Of course. And there are exceptions and, you know, there are outliers, but the vast majority of women cheat because they're not feeling emotionally fulfilled. Got it. And so they find someone, they're not having affairs with lots of other men. They're choosing someone or a... Like the tennis pro or someone close be, to them. Yeah, because they've, they de- see every day. they've developed a relationship with that yeah. person. Yeah. Whereas a guy can literally go to a bar and if she, and if he thinks that a woman is hot, he'll sleep with her. And, oh, right. And he Sight can, unseen, like not knowing her. Yeah. Beyond that. Exactly. So when testosterone was really the fuel of my fire, there was that desire. There was that literally where you feel like you are sizing women up. Uh, you could be walking down the street and you would just instantly undress them from head to toe. You were, you were looking at every single woman. I was looking at every single woman, I should say. As, Even though what's interesting is you weren't a hypersexual person. No, but that's the thing. It's like you look at every single woman as a potential to have sex with. Oh. And it's kind of like being the fact that it went against my nature. It really was stressful. It oh. was, it wasn't, and you know, and so one of the things that was interesting on the date last night, the guy asked me, he was asking like before the internet and obviously before I transitioned, um, how was I at, you know, approaching and I was dating women, how was I at approaching and dating women? And I said, I just didn't. Yeah. I was like uh, going to a bar and like trying to pick someone up and I didn't have that self-confidence. Yeah. And so the idea in of itself was a very anxiety provoking for yeah. me. Whereas now, um, I don't have to do it. And I'm much more at ease with a guy coming to say hi to me and developing a conversation and doing Mm -hmm. that. I mean, with the internet, it's kind of gone 360 because now guys can essentially do that without even meeting you. And send unsolicited dick pics. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's 360 or 180, but it's certainly somebody spitting in their graves. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, well then um, there was another thing where you, this might've been a cover up, but you wanted to get your nipples pierced because you said you wanted sensation. Yeah. So do you have sensation now that you have uh, estrogen in you or is that not really? No, they're definitely more sensitive, but they're sensitive in the sort of, ow, that hurts kind of way, not the, ooh, that feels nice kind of way. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, they're definitely much more sensitive, but it's the, I think the whole thing was, when I was taking the herbal estrogens, which don't do anything, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Except freak out the partner who, like, what the hell is this? Yeah, pretty much. I just want sensation. I'm like, "Mm -hmm." Yeah. Um, No, I want to grow breasts. Um, (laughs) But I was, like, thinking, well, maybe just a little. Maybe if I just do a little, you know, anyway. Um, But the thing was is that I did. I really wanted to have feminine sensations I wanted to feel like a woman Mm -hmm. and I really couldn't do that and so people had talked about women in particular how uh, piercing their nipples gave them much greater sensation. Wait, these were men or women no, already these were, women? No, these are just cisgender women. Okay, because I would not. I don't want to pierce my nipples because they are sensitive. Uh-huh. Forget about piercing yeah. them. Like, no and thanks. Some women do it for the added sensitivity, I suppose. Uh, but I figured, well, if women are having this great sensitivity, maybe at least I'll get a little something okay. out of it. Um, Really, it never really did anything. And then when we had our daughter, as she started to get older, you started to feel self-conscious about it, and you removed them because we had a pool and we were always in the backyard. And you know, I I just—it was interesting. One day they were just gone. Yeah. Like, hmm. Yeah. I mean, they never did what they were supposed to do, really. And then there would be the occasional time where you would catch one while you were uh, uh, in the shower using one of those plastic Oh, you loofah. would catch one, not me. Yeah, I would catch one on one I of those. I thought you were going to say, so- I don't know what you were going to say, no. but anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, when you're showering and you have the plastic sponges, those loofah sponges, if you ever catch like a barbell over one of the pieces of plastic and pull yeah. oh, on okay. it, not a good experience. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, But I did. I took them out one day because I was feeling self-conscious about it. We were actually visiting with my uh, my aunt and uh, her family, and we were swimming in a pool. And so I just took them out. And then that night when I went to put them back in, the holes had closed up. Oh, wow. That's interesting. That tissue so quick to heal it was kind of like an open wound always Mm. it never sort of healed like an ear piercing where it's skin on the inside okay so yeah they kind of completely healed up after having them for years um Mm. and i don't miss them i don't want them back but i love now the fact that i actually have breasts Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it is it's it's but you're going to get them augmented right well yeah because they're still small so you know uh the ideal is to have a feminine form and to so for all the same reasons that a cisgender woman would want to have like increase that her feminine figure and that confidence that comes with it and all of that so that's part of the deal as is bottom surgery so i haven't getting back to the whole subject of um just sex of just sex (laughs) so i haven't had the the surgery yet uh, but that is coming up next year um soon hopefully and uh i'm really looking forward to that in a lot of ways because right now uh the preferred way of having sex is not necessarily all that preferred Mm -hmm. um But the thing that's interesting is that I definitely have orgasms and they don't necessarily have to be focused in terms of it's not necessarily a male type of orgasm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely something I feel all over my body. And I definitely it's like they it builds. It's like you have a little one and it builds to a bigger one and a bigger one. And 
it's such i mean it's like it just when you first told me that it just, i just thought everybody <sighs> kind of had it the same way uh-huh. and so i knew some people didn't have them but i didn't think i really didn't even think about that men were so localized about it and i've talked to a couple of my male friends and i've mentioned this and they just look at me with their eyes blinking they're like <laughs> what blink blink you know they're like they're just perplexed and mesmerized and they're like yeah i'd never they're like i didn't even think about it like it's just kind of here you uh-huh. know and don't even think about it so no i don't think anybody really thinks about it yeah you brought that up to me and i was just like that's amazing yeah just to know that there's such a specific distinct difference i mean maybe other people are like duh of course we know this but it was news to me well and you know i think one of the things that's really in- was interesting for me is how anticlimactic having a climax as a male always was for me. So in terms of the deep satisfaction. But they always, it always comes across like in movies and just in general culture that that men, it's so good for them. And the women are like, meh. But now I'm starting to think, sounds like it's better for women Um, based on your description. Yeah, and what I've learned in terms of like sexual psychology and things like that, women have multiple orgasms and, uh, and it's much better. Women actually have are, are much more sexual maybe we shouldn't term- be telling the men this <laughs> well they'll get well jealous oh and we wouldn't want to br- bruise their fragile egos <laughs> Let's, you know um here's the thing if you're a guy and you're cis and you are fully in your body you're happy because your body's working the way that it's supposed to work yeah and, and you you're enjoying it and that's that and you can't miss what you've never had yeah so what's weird is that it was never all that enjoyable for me because something was missing. And so, you know, going back to even when I was a teenager and when I started to start to express myself sexually, there came a point when I realized that uh, that stimulation of the phallus was not going to really ever be enough for me. This is so illuminating because it really sheds a light on why you were always sort of not overly satisfied. And I always felt so terrible. Like, is it me? Am I, you know, am I too fat? Am I not, not sexy enough? Am I not beautiful enough? Am I, am I not, you know, whatever these things were. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was, but the point is that you just couldn't get to that level of having it be as enjoyable as it should have been if you were born cis male if i was born cis female oh well i was well if you were born cis male you would have enjoyed that type of sex yes better okay i understand what you're saying now yeah if you were fully born cis male we would have been enough we wouldn't have had to bring in the toys the accoutrements the different fantasy fetish type things as much. I mean, I'm not saying those things are bad because they're not bad, but it mm-hmm. became up to the point where I realized that y- you needed them more and more and more. And I, that's why I would pray for just regular, just regular good old sex, because I, I kept realizing that there was something wrong. Uh-huh. There was something wrong, but I couldn't put my finger on it. But I'm like, why do we need all these outside things? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Why are we not enough? And it all is making sense now. Yeah, and how do you tell your partner when you're not even aware fully of your um, gender identity? Right. That 
the sex is not that great because they're going to take it personally. They're going to think that it has something to do with them. So that was a real stress for me as well. Like, I can't talk about this with her. Yeah. Um, And so that was another sort of nail in the coffin in terms of keeping me in hiding and not being able to talk about these things. Uh, But, you know, speaking for myself, my own sexual awakening and and journey of discovery is Mm -hmm. something that is still ongoing. I've mentioned that before. And, um, And it's interesting how I was attracted to women and that's really not the case anymore. I still find women beautiful, but I find them beautiful when they look nice. It's and it's it's weird. It's not like you don't feel a sexual attraction anymore. No, like with the with the guy where uh, when I was uh, presenting male, I would see a girl who was, let's say, if I thought that she was hot, it's like, oh my God, she's hot. And you are totally undressing her with your eyes and your brain is signaling those sexual signals. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, this is someone you need to go and talk to. Now, of course, I could never do that because I would be panic-stricken. And you were married. Yeah. Well, that's too. But but even before we were married... Um, I just wouldn't do that. And so it was very vexing. And then to now, where if I see uh, an attractive woman, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at her hair. I'm like, what, look at what she's wearing. And look at, oh, she must work out at the gym like five days a week to have you're that body. You're appreciating what you're seeing, not lusting after it. No. <clears throat> and it's more, there's more, it's more about envy and coveting than it is about... Um, uh, sexual desire. Yeah, what's the term? Uh, I'm trying to think of the word that you use when it's like when it's sexual. Like it's not. It doesn't come across like an as, aphrodisiac or a no. Um, anyway, sexual it, attraction. Sexual attraction. It's not a se- yeah. It's not a sexual attraction. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and now, like I had this date with this guy last night, and by and large, it went really well. Mm-hmm. And I was actually getting turned on at dinner uh, because he was just so nice. He was saying all the right things. And I was really having a good time. And as I was having a good time, I started to realize I'm getting turned on. Mm. And that was really interesting because that's never happened before. Um, Part of it, too, is for me to also let go of all of these old preconceived notions about who I was versus who I am and what makes me, what turns me on and what excites me. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely a learning process, getting over my own rape trauma so that I can uh, be with a a man. So you can relax enough to even know what that's like. Yeah, because towards the end of the night, what ended up happening is he said a couple things that I didn't agree with, and it weren't anything that was super egregious, but it was just like, all of a sudden, it was like me looking for, me as fault finder, finding a fault, mm-hmm. and then wanting to be like, 
oh, see, this is exactly why, you know, you can't like men or it'll never work out or there's always something. And even when I got home, I was sort of realizing that I was being very reactive. I was having this reactivity that it wasn't necessarily based on reality. He just had a difference of opinion on something. But my anxiety, like, clipped, uh, you know, just uh, clicked into gear. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden I felt like okay, my response is more than what it should be for what he said, because again, no big deal. So I was noticing, I think this is my trauma response, and I just have to sort of feel well, these no, feelings. You have to notice it. Just notice it, and then yeah, so start to feel those feelings. Step away from them a little bit and have it just be words and not... Well, my goal, I think, is to feel them, to acknowledge them, and see, like you said, you know, to see them for what they are. And uh, then to push through it, to mm-hmm. desensitize myself. So that's the only way I'm going to figure that out. Yes. Sorry, I was just thinking about something as you were talking, wrapping that particular thought up. Um, right after we had separated, well, not right after, but maybe a year after we had separated, my mom calls me up and says, you know, hey, I've been talking to some of my, my friends and some of my lady friends, and they said, has your daughter, you know, turned into a whore yet? What? <laughs> it's okay. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. The point being that when people separate, when people get divorced, oftentimes they f- they felt like trapped in a marriage. And so when they separate, they go wild. They go to the bars, they go to the gym, they go wherever they go and they hook up with people. Not everybody, but some people. So her friend, whether she was joking or not, whatever, said, hey, is your daughter like doing the usual thing that most separated and divorced people do is they go out and they go wild and they, you know, whore around. Mm. And, um, and I said, no, (laughs) I didn't do that. But I will say that I thought about it. Like it was, there's definitely a mental state of mind that happens when, when people separate, when they've been in a long-term marriage. And I'd be so curious to hear what other people have to say on this, but I feel like a lot of people, when they separate after a a long-term marriage, they go, they want to go a little wild. They, they feel free. They want to experience something different. They just, if they weren't getting attention, they want to seek attention. If they were having a certain type of sex, they want to maybe have something different. All those thoughts crossed my mind, but I was so afraid of danger and mm-hmm. disease and just all the things associated with being too promiscuous. But I thought about it. I definitely thought about it. And I definitely talked to people and, you know, dirty chat did happen. But that was it. Because I just, you know, it's scary. Yeah. And I, it's interesting because I don't consider myself a promiscuous person. We've talked about this on uh, previous shows. Did you feel that way? Did you feel kind of hypersexual after we were officially separated? (sighs) No, I felt devastated. Oh. (laughs) um yeah no i was just i was broken inside but um uh but you know well it makes you feel any better after the hypersexualization that i didn't act on i felt broken Mm -hmm. what doesn't after it just came in different ways no it doesn't make me feel better i mean it sucks one way or the other but um i think I had so many other things going on and my plate was so full that I was just, like you too, uh, dealing with it differently, but just trying to move forward, just trying to put one foot in front of the other. And so 
as a trans woman, sex was the last thing on my mind, actually. And it took a long time for me to get to a point where I felt good about dating. Um, I dated, I did date a few people uh, last year, but, or the early part of this year, it was probably, it was probably about a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, like maybe January of last year, and of this year. And uh, it was definitely a learning curve. I definitely chose poorly in terms of the people who mm-hmm. were interested in me. And part of it was just me wanting to go out and be have treated. Have some attention. And have some attention. But it was uh, all of it was very sexual driven. Mm-hmm. And I felt a certain amount of obligation and oh, which is like rookie rookie yeah. move like never feel obligated well but here's the thing is i do feel like i'm starting like as a 13 year old like going out on a date with a guy like i was seriously nervous last night yeah. and not nervous because of like i'm not worldly or i don't know about people but it's like it's different because now i'm really showing up as myself yeah and I have zero experience, like, okay, 2% experience dating yeah. men. So it's different. It's so different. And I don't, even when I, I you know, uh, was showing up as, as a guy, the way I presented, the way I showed, showed up in society still wasn't the way the guys showed up. Right. So this thing is like, I still don't get, understand guys. Like, I understand a lot about male behavior Mm -hmm. but it's more lost on me now i suppose and there's like little things that i can never understand like i never knew like how guys were able to go up and just approach women and you know i just well it was like you mentioned before it's the testosterone that that desire to conquer and just conquest conquest but i think also it's that the testosterone was wired to the brain correctly so that you could complete that transaction so and boys speak. are taught even if you fail to try and try again yeah and girls aren't as much they are starting to be and yeah. it, it is happening now but so often boys are taught you know you don't get what you want you just keep asking for it you just keep going for it you just go any which way you don't stop don't stop that's not always taught to women yeah and so now it's really interesting because if I'm at the mall or just walking around, men kind of come in two categories. They're mm-hmm. either invisible or they're a threat. And uh, before, I was just invisible. I wasn't checking out guys. I wasn't looking at guys. And now, all of a sudden, they're on my radar. But unless it's, you know, in a... a environment where it's safe and everything you're kind of like looking over your shoulder to make sure sure. that you're safe and otherwise you're not like if i'm at the mall i'm not there checking out guys men check out women no matter where they go yeah everywhere everywhere (laughs) so it's really just it's all so fascinating it's like it really is i mean an amazing experience to get to live one way and now to live the rest of my life this way having experienced both i mean i love the fact that i'm a woman i mean it so feels so good to be free of all of the things that were so stressful so vexing so frustrating yeah. um there's new frustrations and there's new things but it's also exciting too yeah and i'm excited that i don't have to have all this paraphernalia and extraneous things 
to have intimacy. Sure. <laughs> you know that what is, I'm thinking. It is very satisfying just to be natural. Vanilla. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, now it's become a huge joke. But it has. yeah, but in a yeah, I guess. I mean, vanilla can be amazing. Sure. Without whips and chains and crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is I don't want any of that either. See? Yeah. See? <laughs> you don't want any of that either. Okay. You're gonna, yeah. So anyway, on that note, on that vanilla bean note, <laughs> yeah. um, thank you for watching. Do yeah. you have anything else you wanted to contribute? No. No. I'll just say what you were saying. Thanks for watching. <laughs> um, click the subscribe button if you'd like to see more episodes in the future. If you have questions you want to ask, please put them in the comments and we'll do our best to answer them. Yeah. Otherwise, thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into The Rage. If you haven't done so already, please hit the like, share, and subscribe button now. We truly appreciate all your wonderful support. Find us on social media at The Rage Episodes. And leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Want to get more involved? Join us on Patreon. Supporters receive extra benefits as well as access to member-only content. Thanks again and have a beautiful day.